right, let's switch up the tone a little bit today. Let's let's switch up the feel because all week long the shows have been, oh no, is college football gonna suck in the next five years? Oh, we're it's, not we're not piling on to mule shoot today, going Tyler. To, going to hell in a handbasket, college football. Oh my gosh, I just I don't know what the sport is gonna look like. And trust me, I'd continue to be concerned about the future of the sport. But there's got to be some positives, right? It's still college football. It's still the majority of everyone's favorite sport around here. So let's lead off the show with that today. And text line, help us out here, 405-651-3439, Air Coverage Solutions text line. What are the positives right now surrounding this great sport, my favorite sport of all time? Whether that's at the national level, whether that's just with OU, there's got to be something where we can look and say, all right, like this might be messed up, we got to fix this. But this is what's still awesome about the sport. Um, you don't have a sociopath anymore as a head coach. That's a positive, right? Can we all get behind that? Sure. Um, the fan base is as excited as it's been in a long, long, long time. Would agree. I will look at that as a positive. The move to the SEC is seemingly coming soon, and I think that we all agree it's going to be awesome. Well, I mean, it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be a lot of fun as well. Um, no more kettlebells around here, right? That's that that's a that's a positive thing. <laughs> Favorite to win the Big Twelve Conference once again. I'm just looking for the positives that we can point to now for college football. I know there's some out there, so let's start piling on here. I want to feel good about my favorite sport again, and just instead of sitting here all day, Parker, and saying, "Dang, this thing is it's going to end in ten years. College football will cease to exist." I mean, look, at the end of the day, there are <laughs> there are a lot of reasons for concern with the direction of college football, but it's not the first time that the sanctity of a particular sport has been threatened. It's not the first time a major sport has fallen upon some hard times in terms of what the future looks like. Everybody remembers the MLB strike of 1994 and the replacement players in 1995 and uh, and everybody remembers the lockout in the NBA just a little over a decade ago. So, and I'm not necessarily saying that what's going on right now in college football is akin to those situations, but what I am saying is there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to look with some degree of confidence at the light and be willing to let yourself believe that you're going to get to it Golly, at a certain point man. in time. I, um, I, I'm always looking forward to kickoff during the offseason. I uh, cannot wait until kickoff this year, man, because you know we've been so excited about a coaching change around here. Now it's this doom and gloom feel during the offseason. Once kickoff finally gets here in September, Parker, it's like all of that's going to be out the window, and it's going to be, yes, all right, my favorite sport again, live, with high expectations, let's go. So I'm uh, definitely counting down the days until September so we can uh, kind of get back to, to life as normal. Text line, the first response, what's a positive? We are not Texas. <laughs> that, is a, that is a heck of a way to start it. Uh, big facts. Big facts. Sometimes the most brilliant observations are the simplest. No matter what, we have the Heisman Park. That is true. Someone in the 918 says, I found a quarter in my couch. Hey, that's always a plus. Congratulations. Get yourself a gumball. That's, I can you even buy a gumball with a quarter anymore? Can you not? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I haven't tried. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't bought a uh, restaurant gumball in quite some time. 
Oh, I was thinking more grocery store on your way out. Yeah, well, is that still a thing? I I don't know. I am the uh, I am the millennial here that never carries cash or uh, oh, coins man. for that reason. I don't know so. if I've carried any cash in probably upwards of three years, maybe four. Riley was upset with OU's compliance program for keeping him in check. Now he can do as he wishes. Well, that's not a positive. We're looking for the positives here. I'm looking forward to OU moving to the SEC. Sign me the heck up to see us play Ole Miss, LSU, Bama, Florida, Georgia on a regular basis. going to be awesome to see if BV takes us into the SEC. So there you go. There's at least a few. It's not so bad. There's still some good things with uh, college sports. But I am hoping that we uh, right all the wrongs that are going on right now. What do you think USC's compliance department consists of? Uh, I think it's an empty office. People that were laid off in uh, January when he finally got to L.A. Tabloid reporters. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much. USC's compliance. Colin Cowherd is uh, USC's compliance department right now. And basically, he just uh, he's a cheerleader for him on the sidelines every single day. Still nothing better than tuning in every Saturday to watch the best season in all of sports unfold. Upsets, comebacks, unbelievable plays, then talking about it all week until it's time to do it exactly. all again next yes. Saturday. Yes, all right. Come on, September. Come on. We just needed to get here, man. We just – no more bad news this offseason. Just, let's, just let's just get to the season, and everything will feel right again. I'm telling you. I wonder if uh, Travis Davidson, our buddy who's joining us at 235 today, is going to have any massive positives for the uh, football season. Maybe he, um, maybe he'll say that he's smoking some uh, tomahawks before game one. I will count that as a positive. I hope so, man. I will. I will fork over whatever is necessary to uh, get me a tomahawk. Yeah, especially before game one. It's a heck of a way to start the season opener, dude. I will be. I will be all about that. And listen. I, I do appreciate the media meals that we get at Owen Field because I love me some Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A pales in comparison to a tomahawk. Thad friggin' turnip seed is on the text line. Yes. There you go. Yes. Just let Tad go to work. Let let uh, or let Tad. Let Thad go to work, all right? Uh all right, we gotta move we gotta read this one before we move on. Doug the contrarian here. I think the biggest positive in the next five years will be the move to the SEC. Whenever that happens, the new venues will be exciting like Gainesville, Tuscaloosa, Columbia, Athens, Starkville, Nashville, etc. The competition will be tougher, but the tailgating will be phenomenal. Very good observation, Doug. I like that. That's that was not, nice a, not one, a very Doug. contrarian take I either. Like, like that. I was a little bit nervous when I read it, but okay, let's go. Um, excited for the Amarillo Caravan from an Amarillo Sooner. Um, yes, we. Uh, I actually will be out there on next Tuesday. I uh, just saying, Parker might have uh, might have helped create some shirts today for that uh, Amarillo Caravan coming up next Tuesday. Oh, I don't hey know. No. Might have around forty T-shirts to give away at the Amarillo Car- Caravan and forty more at the Duncan Caravan next Thursday. You gonna go just to the saying. Big Texan? Uh, dude, I'm. <sighs> Mike and I are are very similar when it comes to this. That sounds a lot of fun. I, I I've uh, <laughs> I've had lunch there one time. It was after the it was the Sunday after. The 2018 OU Tech game. Okay. Kyler's year. Tracking. So, I've already got my plans for Tuesday. It's about three and a half hours from my house. I'm going to leave at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. sharp. That's where I'll be pulling out of the driveway. So, in theory, I would have time to stop at the Big Texan. But I am such a freak about prepping before the show that um, I am kind of a spaz to be around two hours out from 2 o'clock. So, no. I will be... 
huddled up somewhere trying to formulate topics for the four-hour radio show we will be doing that Tuesday. So I won't be a lot of fun. One listener says, USC's compliance department consists of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. (laughs) That's not that far. That might be an improvement from what they have. Another says, Tyler takes down the 72-ounce steak or we riot. Well, that's the thing is it's not just the 72-ounce steak. It's the baked potato. It's the shrimp cocktail. And is it maybe a side salad that they have? If you ever walk into that place, it's right off the highway. They have what the meal looks like, like up against the wall. It's like the raw the raw piece of the 72-ounce steak is just sitting there, and you can see just how disgusting. It, uh, it's just so – regardless if you're going in there to get the 72-ounce steak or not, it's a trip, dude. They, it, it, it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like it's a local carnival. They have like a, a shooting gallery that you would see at a carnival. Um, they have all these like, hey, enter a dollar here, and you can see a three-headed horse. Like <laughs> there's a massive gift shop on the inside. Uh, if you don't want to go there for the steak, that's fine. But it's quite the attraction. The uh, big Texan on the side of the road. One of our listeners says, "Took my daughter to Grapevine Mall the other day. Had a gumball and toy machine that took credit cards." Oh All gosh. right, I'm officially old. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I parked on Campus Corner last Friday, and I used the app to pay seventy-five cents to uh, park there for forty minutes. Yeah, I guess that's. It, but parking on Campus Corner anywhere is just such a nightmare. Well, I, I mean, I don't ever have quarters or dimes or nickels or anything, so it was just pay via the app and, and just set it to 40 minutes to be back before the I, timer you runs know, out. I, I complain about credit cards being used for everything these days, but if I have to pay to park or if I pull into one of those pay-to-park spots and it doesn't have an option for me to swipe a credit card, I get all pissed and As you <laughs> have should, to go man. find another spot. As you should. So. It's about convenience now. Hey, uh, I'm looking at a list right now of uh, top 10 uncommitted players currently in the portal. Of course, Jordan Addison is number one, which, by the way, uh, big news we got to tell you about coming up next segment. Uh-oh. There is another team that could be involved for Jordan Addison, and it is a very interesting team. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's quite the tease. I'll tell you about that coming up next. Jordan Addison is one. Uh, the quarterback that all of you think is garbage and terrible, Gary Bohannon, Quarterback from Baylor is at number five. Cody Jackson, the wide receiver from OU, is at six. Emory Jones, quarterback out of Florida, is at seven. Um, Is there any scuttle at all, Parker, on OU being in on any of these transfer QBs, or are they just kind of still sitting back and evaluating their options in the portal? No, so as of right now, they haven't moved on a quarterback. They are hosting a transfer portal wide receiver this weekend. I'll say that much. So... Uh, that may be the type of thing where Oklahoma has an answer to the loss of Cody Jackson here shortly. But as far as quarterbacks are concerned, uh, no, they have not made any tangible progress towards hosting and or signing any quarterback via the portal. I would just can, can I take a victory lap today? Because if you haven't decided by now um, what you're ineligible for next year, right? I guess the deadline is officially passed because of the 48-hour rule that's happened. I, I mean, the Bohannon takes, you heard him last week, and all I'm saying is that everyone's ranking him as the best quarterback in the portal, and I never did I say that I wanted him to start a game next year. I was just telling everyone that that's going to be on the upper echelon of options that you're going to have in the portal, and look at that. He's ranked number one. So, I don't know if 
I want to take the time now to say I told you so, but I guess I told you so, Texas. But looking at the rest of the quarterbacks across the country who are in the transfer portal, being number one amongst that contingent isn't saying I know, but that's that was my point all <laughs> along is you guys expect that, um, I, I don't know, Kyla Murray was going to be available in the portal. That just wasn't going to be the case after spring ball. There's going to be a bunch of average to below average guys, and, and that's what we have. Has there ever been – a better transfer portal addition than Kyler Murray? Like, if you ranked all the players based on their careers post-transfer portal in the brief history – well, no, 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 I take this all back. But Baker Mayfield. I take this all back because that was before the transfer portal. So I guess the transfer portal wasn't implemented until 2018. So I guess – Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is probably the answer. Jalen Hurts is pretty good. Bama um, has, has done well in the portal recently. They had a wide receiver that just got selected in the NFL draft. Um, Henry 2020 is a pretty good linebacker for Bama. There's been some really good uh, – I'd say Justin Fields was a pretty good addition by Ohio State in the transfer portal this coming out true. of Georgia, right? This is true. Joe Burrow was a good addition by LSU in the transfer portal. I don't think Burrow was the portal. Though. I think he was a grad transfer, was if he, I recall correctly. He played two years at LSU, so would he have been able to be a grad transfer? Yes, I think I, I I'll I'll fact check myself on that in the break, but I don't think Joe Burrow was a portal guy. Well, I could be wrong. Regardless, um, if he was a portal guy, there's your number one. I would say slam so. yeah. slam dunk. And if man. not, it's probably either Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts. And there's a compelling argument for both. Yeah, there's there's been uh, been some good quarterback play in the portal here recently. Let's see if OU can pick one up in the uh, transfer portal this off season. All right, keep the text coming. Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Yeah, um, might be a team in the Jordan Addison sweepstakes. We'll tell you about that coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Well, I got bad news, Tyler. Yeah, someone else said Gary Bohannon sucks on the text line. I saw that. No, no, not that. Uh, so Joe Burrow was a grad transfer, but so was Jalen Hurts. So we have to remove him from contention. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields is yeah. the answer. Yeah, uh, Justin Fields would be the answer. I'm fine with that. By the way, this hour brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. It is locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. Elite Roofing System. they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team in Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. Oklahoma City, give them a call, 405-361-3094. Tulsa. 918-984-5475 or visit them eliteroofing.com. All right, Jordan Addison entered into the transfer portal yesterday. He won the Bolitnikoff out of Pitts. Uh, he has been rumored, which, by the way, he's already in California. If you don't think the USC possibility is strong, he's already out on the West Coast. But, 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 he has reportedly been working out with Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Hmm, might this situation get a little interesting in the coming weeks? Uh-oh. You remember what Bryce Young's final two schools were? Uh, no, Alabama, Alabama and, USC. and USC. Yeah, yeah, I actually did know All that. right, Bryce Young to USC. Start the rumors. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that would be kind of awesome if Caleb all of a sudden was just the backup quarterback. Oh, man. Yeah, C- Caleb gets... <laughs> Caleb is the five-star that replaces another five-star and then in turn gets replaced by a third five-star in Bryce Young. 
That's actually the last thing we need is Jordan Addison to go to Alabama. I think already Alabama's already the best team going into this year, and if they add the the best wide receiver from last year, that'd be that'd Ooh, be tough. Yeah, that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be a pretty significant leg up on the rest. Of I uh, I do think though that he will end up at USC because USC I'm sure gonna be paying the most. But if I was him, man, Bama would be the move if you're gonna transfer elsewhere. Again, I think Alabama's the favorite to win the national championship. They've got to restock a little bit. They got to reload at wide receiver after what they lost in the draft. You are immediately Parker, at least I think. Day 1 the number 1 wide receiver for what might be the number 1 or number 2 offense in college football. You'll probably go win a national championship. Um you won't get paid as much in NIL money, but you will set yourself up quite nicely to be maybe the first wide receiver taken in the draft. All right. So who who speaks louder to Jordan Addison? Three million dollars or Nick Saban? Three million dollars and a house, right? Oh, and that a house. that that is the, that is the rumor there. Uh, I'm going to guess three million dollars and a house speaks louder than even Nick Saban does, unfortunately. Which, by the way, do you think that they're actually buying him a house, or ju- they're just letting him rent a house for a year or two, where, however long it is, and and USC is just paying his rent? I don't know, man. Maybe it's the guest house at Mule Shoes Place. <laughs> the garage apartment that he has out back? <laughs> it may be. For as much as he paid for that house, it better have a nice garage apartment or something. He and Mario Cristobal uh, bought in style. Mario Cristobal just bought a $7.9 million mansion out in Miami. Okay, well, can you get a, can you get a house for any cheaper than that in Miami? That's the question. Uh, maybe not. Isn't that interesting, though? Um you uh, LA and Miami they're all about the flash and the flair and we knew pretty quickly like what Muleshoe's house looked like how much it cost the view of it and then now we know how much Mario Cristobal's house is where it's at the pictures I have no idea where Brett Venables is living in Norman I'm gonna guess he's living on the west side of town like every other coach that's ever coached here before <laughs> but I don't know how much he's paid for a house I don't know if he's officially bought a house or not I don't know if that's like an LA or Miami thing is when the head coach buys something you gotta list it but there's no clue on on how much Brett Venables paid there, for. there was a time when flash and flare meant something in college football it means nothing anymore and you don't have to look any further for evidence of that fact than the most dominant college football program of the last 15 years, which is Alabama. Tyler, what is glamorous about Alabama? Zero things. Mm. There is, yeah, there's pretty much. And then and there for a while, even when they were winning national championships, they were, like, at least now they're glamorous because they throw the ball around. They have a really good offense. But uh, if you think they're not glamorous now, you should have. Taking a look at them in uh, what 2012 when they were just ground and pound the entire. Oh well, game. I was I was more talking about like the beaches, oh, yeah, big yeah, houses, yeah. fancy cars, all that stuff. Everything that USC and Miami embrace as part of their football culture, Alabama embraces exactly zero of those things. Yep. Text line: It would be cool to see Bryce Young win an OU Texas game and get a statue in Heisman Park. Why the hell not? So are we saying Bryce Young transfers to Oklahoma? I don't. Yeah, I, sure. Why not? I guess. I guess he's not. No, he's not. He's not left-handed, right? I don't know why I've always. I, I don't know no. why I thought he was left-handed. I was about to say you could have two left-handed quarterbacks. I think you still got. Roster. You still got two a residue in your brain. Yes, somewhere. that's that's it. Addison is not going to play in the SEC. Period. He will have massive stats against crap Pac-12 teams.
That's probably true. Oh, I think he's going to end up at USC. Do not get me wrong. If I'm Nick Saban, I ask Jordan Addison if he prefers to make $3 million next year and go in the third round after catching 30 passes all year or make guaranteed first-round money for the five years after next year. I have cited this statistic so often on this show because it's just astonishing, but I feel I feel the need to cite it again here. Oklahoma had five different receivers catch at least 30 passes last year, Tyler. None of them caught more than 40. Yeah, no, I, he's he's going to catch. I think he's going to – he's their clear number one wide receiver. They're going to force-feed him the ball. Like they force-fed Mario Williams early in the year, which is still a little bit strange thinking back on it now. But Jordan Addison will have crazy stats next year when he – not if, when he plays it at USC. That'll happen. One listener on the text line says, Trying to persuade my girlfriend to be a Sooner. I'm hoping to God that BV gets her amped up and excited for the season at the Amarillo Caravan. Oh, I, 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 I didn't read the Amarillo Caravan part. I'm like, he hasn't already? Where's she, where's she been? She might be a Red Raider if they're uh, going to the Amarillo Caravan. That's true. Well, uh, I'll see you out there next Tuesday. Be sure to stop by and say hello. I, look, I don't think Brent Venables is the only one going to get you excited. I, I think Porter's going to that one. Porter Moser's going to that one. Uh, Jenny Bronchek will be there. Yeah, you'll you'll leave there fired up. You don't you don't have to worry about that. They do a great job with those caravans. You'll be good. Hey, before we get Travis Davidson on next segment, real quick, uh, OU has a couple of new offers out. First, uh, a tight end out of the state of Georgia, six foot five. He is a 2023 prospect. I think he's a four star. Jelani Thurman. Um, he just released a top eight. It's kind of the who's who of the SEC. What's um. I mean, I guess OU would probably feel pretty good about their odds for offering him this late in the process, right? They do feel decent about their odds. It's hard to get too enthusiastic about a guy until he visits campus. That said, here's what's interesting about Jelani Thurman. So he is the son of former Georgia and NFL linebacker Odell Thurman. Mm -hmm. Good player. He's got something like two dozen FBS offers. He doesn't have the Georgia offer. Interesting. Georgia has not offered him. And, again, Georgia legacy from the state of Georgia makes all the sense in the world for him to be a Georgia Bulldog, but you're kind of left scratching your head as to why on earth Georgia wouldn't have pulled the trigger on this game. He's their Cole Adams, basically, he, is what he, he Yeah, more or less. He's their Cole Adams. Top 150 player nationally. This is a kid that, oh, you would really, really like to get him and Malachi Coleman are probably the two that you would figure uh, are the most attractive options at the tight end position. And to my knowledge, those are certainly the top two on the board for Oklahoma. So Another offer is out to a 2024 wide receiver. Uh, this kid apparently can ball. Ryan Wingo out of the St. Louis area, four-star, two, 200 pounds. He's got an LSU offer, a Notre Dame offer, a Texas offer, a Florida offer, and, of course, an Oregon offer. Old Dan Lanning liked to work the Midwest where he has some roots. This kid was clocked at a 4.3940. He's got size. He's got speed. And sounds like everyone in the uh, in the St. Louis area, Parker, is saying, Ooh, this is one of the better players to come out of the area in a while and one of the best players overall in the 2024 class. Yes, I believe he is already a five-star in that cycle, and I would tend to believe that barring injury, he will certainly close the cycle as a five-star. But you mentioned it, Tyler, speed, speed, speed with Ryan Wingo. And when you have that type of speed at six foot two, 200 pounds, 
yeah, there are a lot of programs that are going to look at you as a potential game changer for their school. You know what's funny? We'll, we'll see if it pans out this way. But when you think of going and getting kids in the Midwest, like you know Kansas City and in that St. Louis area, you think, well, I guess OU's had some battles in the past with, with Missouri for kids in that area, that, that St. Louis area. Um, so maybe Mizzou will be the biggest factor. I, I wonder if Oregon's going to be the toughest to beat for elite kids in the in the Midwest like this. I can, I can very much foresee that becoming the case. Which is fascinating, man. I do not man. think that is hyperbolic because when you combine Dan Lanning's regional influence with Nike money, it's going to be a strong pull to Eugene. Here we go. I can't wait for another St. Louis five-star receiver to commit to OU than go elsewhere. That's on the that's on the text line. DGB DGB was from the the St. Louis area, right? as was Luther Burden. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of got burned by Mizzou in the past for Jeremy Macklin. They lost out on Jeremy Macklin. Uh, what That's was right? Because he was heavily oh five oh six something like that. Yeah, I think it, I think it came down to OU and Missouri. So. Mizzou has uh, stolen some wide receivers from you in the past, unfortunately. All right, we'll talk to our buddy Travis Davidson coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune on The Ref. Time to head up to T-Town. Let's go to Tulsa, talk to our buddy Travis Davidson. Give him a follow on Twitter. At Travis Skoll, S-K-O-L, and a little bit of a tease for everyone out there. There's going to be a story that is released tomorrow, and inside that story is going to give um, some very exciting news about uh, Travis Davidson and his future with the ref. So, Travis, I cannot wait for everyone to get the news that we've been keeping quiet here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm no one more excited than myself, no doubt about it. Can't wait wait for that story to come out. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, It'll be retweeted everywhere on all of our timelines, so be sure to uh, check that out. Hey man, how are how are you feeling right now about the current state of college football and where it's where it's headed? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable with it. You know, nothing's ever quite as bad as you think it's going to be, and nothing's sometimes quite as good as you think it's going to be. Uh, I think we've heard oh the transfer portal was going to ruin it. Um, you know, NIL was going to ruin it. I think uh, conference realignment was going to ruin. There's there I, I've run out of I've run out of reasons that the sport of college football is going to be ruined. Um, and I think, I think college football is one of those things that just, it's, it's, it stands the test of time simply because all of these big NIL things that everybody's concerned about, those will get reined in. They've already been to begin discussions about those getting reined in, but also the people that spend that kind of money, the people, first of all, the people that have that kind of money to spend, they didn't get it by making poor investments. Um, so I think once the shine kind of wears off of, oh, man, I bought this five-star recruit or I bought this Politnikoff winner, you know, they're bragging to their buddies, they're not going to get any money back on that. And I think eventually they're going to say, well, this is, this is kind of dumb. I've, 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 dropped, I've dropped more money than I should have into a, into a zero ROI deal. So I think a lot of it will get sorted out, and I think uh, college football will be healthy. Now, obviously, Travis, despite all of what you just said, there's still a significant contingent of this fan base that is skeptical that OU is going to be able to keep up with the Joneses in the early NIL era as this all starts to unfold and as we gain more clarity as to what direction that the sport is headed. If you could speak to the average fan, what do you think their level of concern should be regarding Oklahoma's ability to recruit and develop elite talent 
over the next, say, three to five years as NIL really began begins to take hold across college football? Now, at the risk of sunshine pumping, as I've been accused <laughs> of doing, um, I do think that we are in a unique situation given what, what we've all heard from from recruits and, and read, you know, the reports of what recruits are saying about Norman, Oklahoma, about the coaching staff, about um, Coach Chavis and Bates and Venables and Levy, all these guys, is these, these kids, you know, they were always sold hopes and dreams before of, oh, come here, you're going to get all this attention, we're going to have all this success, you're going to go off to the NFL. Well, these, these places that haven't been developing any talent, uh, you know, your big, you know, your, your Miamis and your USC's and your Texas's and things like that, it mainly is because of distractions. Well, when you give those distractions now to kids that have a bunch of money, it's only going to get worse. And I think, I think what we need to pay attention to is I think we'll recruit the high school ranks very well. Um, but I also think the transfer portal is going to be massive for us. I think it's going to be a situation where kids are going with these big deals Maybe they realize that they're sixth on the depth chart because, you know, at a, look at a place like A&M, it seems like I think their whole class was defensive linemen uh, in the last cycle. So they're going to be like, look, this isn't what it was all cracked up to be. You know, I had a really good relationship with those coaches in Norman. Let's see what they're doing. I think, I think this is just a staff that's not going to burn any bridges uh, by any means, and they value staff values, and I think they're communicating the value of playing at Oklahoma and that Oklahoma offer and that Oklahoma scholarship. So I, I do think, obviously, we will take, take it a little bit on the chin while, while others are offering these massive uh, NIL deals that, are, that just seem ludicrous to me. Uh, the, the collectives, uh, like the one Oklahoma collective, will certainly help. But you have a lot of your Kobe McKenzie's out there that say, you know what, Texas only wanted to talk about money. You know, we don't want this to be a transactional recruiting process. NIL certainly has its place, and these kids deserve to get paid. But what Brent says is it's not the whole equation. We need to set these guys up long term. And I think that's going to resonate not only with a lot of kids, but with a lot of parents that say, hey, I told you so, not all about the money. Travis Davidson is with us live on The Ref. Uh, he joins us every Wednesday at 2.35. This is a very random recruiting question, but Parker and I were just talking last segment about, well, OU's going to be active in the Midwest, and is there a chance that Oregon is maybe you know the, the biggest competitor for OU when it comes to kids in the Midwest? Texas and Texas A&M, I think, Travis, are going to continue to be recruiting rivals one and two, however you want to arrange it. But as OU wants to dip into the Southeast, as they want to stay in the Midwest, as they want to get into the state of Texas, is there a particular school that you think might emerge as the third biggest recruiting rival outside of Texas and Texas A&M? Uh, I'll, I'll, throw, uh, I'll throw a curveball in there and say Arkansas. Huh, okay. Um, I, th- I think because when you think of even specifically, I mean, they're very close to Texas and that recruiting ground. They're the basically they're the only football program in their state. Um, they are sick of being treated as the Kansas of the SEC. I know Vanderbilt holds that title proudly, but Arkansas, especially during the Morris era, um, they weren't much better than than Kansas. So, um, and, and when you think of this NIL stuff, uh, I mean, are, is there really a school that's better situated to really flex their financial muscle 
than one that has Jerry Jones and the Walton family and the Tyson family. Uh, and then those are all those are all proud families that may be sick of their alma mater being the, the butt of the joke. Um, you pair that with Sam Pittman and his recruiting prowess. Um, they've already they've already shocked a couple people. Obviously, Luke Haas uh, is currently committed um, to Arkansas. They've shocked some people by getting some other. I mean, they're big on the basketball trail right now. I think Arkansas is going to be somebody to pay attention to in that in that third spot because I, I think Oregon, especially Dan Lanning, is going to make it his primary goal to make sure USC doesn't get any top commits from from the West Coast. I mean, we saw that with Josh Connerly. Um, we saw it in his comments about we develop like the SEC. Oregon is really the only SEC school out west. You know, SEC obviously in quotes. Um, so I think Oregon's going to kind of hone in on on being the thorn in Lincoln Riley's side, and we appreciate them for that. Um, but I do think you got to keep an eye out for Arkansas because in the NIL world, they've got some big banks behind them. And, uh, and and Pittman, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of. Travis, what does it say about Brent Venables and the vision and the culture that he's instilled in Norman, Oklahoma, that the Sooners only lost three players to the transfer portal post-spring, and really all three of those guys were no better than depth players, at least in the here and now? Uh, man, I think it's I, – I truly couldn't believe it. Um, I, I remember having conversations with people saying, man, I'm expecting to lose anywhere between five and seven, I think is what I was kind of expecting. And every day I'd, you know, I'd, I'd get on Twitter, I'd, I'd search through, I'd, I'd talk to, you know, people about it. And, and it was always, man, I'm, I'm not really hearing anybody. I'm not really hearing everybody. And, and that's what's great is when you had guys that were, that were leaving and, and, and leaving, and then you know, your your Mims never left, but you know, it had been rumored that he was thinking about it. We hopped in the portal, thinking about obviously going to where Levy was going, things like that. When you get guys that think about leaving during a coaching change, come back and say, you know what, let's get through spring and let's see if I really, you know, still want to leave. And seemingly none of those guys leave. I mean, that just it speaks volumes to the culture that he's bringing on, and, and, and if anybody's listened to Brett Venables for more than 30 seconds, heck, you might be able to get it in 30 seconds. But you can tell that, that he's, just, he's just different, man. I mean, he really is, he is really a different kind of, uh, different kind of person, and, and a person that you are believing in. I, I know parents uh, that absolutely love the guy, uh, parents uh, of recruits and parents of players. Um, I, I just think people feel the energy um, and the culture shift in Norman, and I, I don't think people are willing to jump off that boat quite yet. Yeah. Uh, there's some guesses on the text line, by the way, about the exciting news tomorrow. It says, let me guess, the ref is signing Travis to a million-dollar radio deal. He's replacing one of the personalities at the ref. That's half right. He's not replacing anyone, but he is getting a million-dollar radio deal tomorrow. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have more, more details. I'll go straight to the collective, so you know, don't ask me to borrow any money. Hey, uh, real quick before we get you out of here, what was your what was your big takeaway from the Tulsa caravan last week? How, how did Britt Venables do? Man, all the coaches did great. I mean, I thought Porter and Jenny had just incredible things to say. Obviously, both of those programs are on the rise. Uh, I wish uh, I wish we would have had the uh, uh, the commitment news uh, from Northweather. Uh, you know, the night before, we could have talked about him a little bit too. But they both broke down the classes that were coming in. 
Uh, they have great chemistry. It's really cool that, you know, the men's and women's basketball coaches really like each other and they really like Brent. Brent comes and supports them. It's just really cool the culture that Josie has created across all the coaches and the whole coaching staff. Um, we're really well set up right now. As far as Brent goes, man, talk about the king of analogies. Uh, uh, he, he just he just got on a roll, and I, we heard everything from, from gardening to fishing to <laughs> any other outdoor hobby that you can uh, um, that you can muster. And it's it's uh, man, I, I'm just excited. I don't think there was a person in that room. Obviously, he got a standing ovation as he walked out, but multiple times he had to stop talking for ovations. And it's not necessarily a big ovation crowd. I, I kind of want to say. I mean, obviously, you've got you know a lot of excited people that a lot of excited people that go, but man, it was. It was palpable, and and you you truly when you when you listen to him, you believe every word. He's not talking, and you don't see his eyes darting back and forth, wondering if he can say that or if he really means it. That guy has clear eyes and a full heart, and he just he lets it fly, and they really believe everything he says, and that's important. It's awesome, man. Hey, good stuff. We appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday as we always do at two thirty-five, man. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, guys. There you go. Travis Davidson, at Travis Skoll on Twitter, S-K-O-L. He is the man. All right, uh, one final break. We'll close up Locked In with McComas and Thune on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. All right, final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. Peyton does say, in, in all caps, by the way, so he's very excited about this. Okay. Okay, I found the good news. We are officially halfway through the offseason. That is great news. I don't know if, if today is exactly the midway point from the national championship no, game sounds to about week right. one, but yeah. let's go. I can, I can get down for that. that yes, please. Right. Yes, please. Hey, uh, you wrote a piece on OUinsider.com, uh, the 22, like, like kind of your way-too-early death chart, the 22 for 2022. Now, that's behind a, a VIP, and I understand that, so I'm not going to say, hey, Parker, instead <laughs> of paying $9.99 a month, just give us all the free information here on the air. But um, was there anything that surprised you when you looked through the depth chart who might surprise some people? Like what was you know, maybe a, a takeaway or two that you had conducting that? I think TD Roof might play a lot more than folks are anticipating. And I think it's going to be an interesting battle between him and Deshaun White to find out who starts alongside Danny Stutzman. I think David Aguebu sees a lot of run at linebacker one way or another. And though he plays that middle position, I wonder if he does get kicked to outside linebacker and competes for that same spot that Roof and White are going to be competing for. But it is an overwhelmingly safe bet that Danny Stutzman is one of your starters at linebacker. The question is, who's the other? And TD Roof is a guy that maybe doesn't get as much love as he probably should because he's very experienced, played at both Georgia Tech and Appalachian State, so this is stop number three for him, and this is his sixth year of college football. So the elder statesman among that group on the defensive side of the ball for Oklahoma in 2022 are going to be him, Justin Royals, and C.J. Colden, the Wyoming transfer. Yeah, um, judging by the spring game, judging of everything we heard throughout the spring, like I, I think that you should expect T.D. Roof to play. If he starts or not, we'll see. Training camp's going to heavily factor into that, but he's he's going to be a factor defensively. But let me ask this. He's, he's a little undersized, okay? And he's not the heralded four- or five-star recruit that we always want to talk about. Is he going to be one of those guys, man, and they're seemingly one or two every single year, man, Justin Broyles has been one recently, that gets the unfair criticism? Is he going to be the guy, Parker, that says, 
or that people say, well, we can't win a national championship with T.D. Roof. We don't need to waste our time with uh-huh, this guy. Yeah, yeah. There, there are always people that say that. There are always, <laughs> there's always that group. And <sighs> before Broyles, who was it? I'm trying to think because you're right. Broyles is the most recent example. Uh, Pat Fields um, was that guy. Pat Fields. Yeah, there were there were people saying it about DTY as recently as last offseason. Yeah. I, I, I was having to fight people to say, no, DTY is not only going to start, I'm, he's going to be one I, of the I've best never, I've never team. felt that way about DTY, that he was, you know, some bad player Because he's there. small. Like, people want to look at the size and say, okay, well, he doesn't belong in Oklahoma. Hey, uh, one more text before we get out of here. Bill in Tulsa. Hey, guys, the guest you just had on is absolutely correct. Arkansas is going to be a huge recruiting rival. Ask any of the big-time high school coaches, and they will tell you Sam Pittman and his staff are recruiting the beep out of Tulsa and eastern Oklahoma. Fear the pig, just saying. You agree? He is a native of what, Grove, Oklahoma, if my memory serves me correctly? So... It makes a lot of sense, especially given that Fayetteville and Norman are essentially equidistant from Tulsa. Yeah, look, Oklahoma is fading in the recruitment of Micah Tease, and people don't like to hear that. People don't want to hear that, but that's the case. And Arkansas is trending in a very healthy direction for him, and they'll have to do battle with Notre Dame and Clemson and a host of other schools. But, I mean, with Luke Has already committed to Arkansas, you're starting to see some examples of kids from that area that are – Leaning more towards the Woo Pig Suey than the Sooners. Yeah, and if they have another good year this year, then they'll 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 definitely have a lot of momentum in, in Fayetteville, that's for sure. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The rush is coming up next right here on the ref. Keep it locked in. We're the homeless Sooner fans.